The Mariners are off to Anaheim as we await news on Ty France's injury. We'll get you set for the series, talk some draft, and more on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast. It is Friday, June 24th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Teddy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. For Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C-Pat11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash control the zone we post two additional podcasts on there every single week and if this is your first time joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it so as i mentioned in the cold open we're going to be talking about the angels mariners series which is going to get set underway uh, tonight. We're also going to be talking a little bit more about the draft because that is fast approaching. We're about three weeks out from the draft now. Uh, But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Robbie Ray. And uh, uh, real quick, though, we we might end up talking about Ty France a little bit here because there's a possibility that we might get more clarification on what's uh, going on with his arm injury. So that might happen during the show, might not happen. We'll see. But let's get into Robbie Ray here because... He had a pretty interesting start yesterday in Oakland. He, um, of course, went six uh, innings, gave up one earned run, uh, struck out six, walked two. And interestingly enough, uh, you know, we've been talking about how much he's been using this two-seam fastball, this sinker for the last few starts and how well it's worked for him. I just wrote an article on Inside the Mariners about how well it's worked for him. But yesterday he went slider heavy. He threw 38 pitches. Uh, and then through the four-seam fastball, the second most, uh, with 23 pitches. Then the sinker, the two-seam fastball, came in at 21 pitches. But then at the bottom here on the player ba- breakdowns of uh, Baseball Savant, he threw a curveball 12 times. Now, Colby, if I'm not mistaken, he really hasn't thrown that pitch since he was with the Diamondbacks all the way back, you know, this is going back to like 2015, 2016, 2017 when he was throwing this pitch with any sort of regularity. And now it's kind of cropped up just as this two-seam fastball has kind of cropped up out of nowhere. And June, do you think this is actually something that he's trying to implement? Is this you know, more just he's kind of toying around with stuff, knowing that he's going up against a bad offense? What do you think is going on here with this curveball? I think it's just about kind of... Um... I don't know stat padding is the right uh, the right terminology here, but I think it's just about showing something on to scouts and to on tape, so to speak, uh, to put in the back of hitters' minds. Um, the curveball he's thrown some good ones this year. He just doesn't throw it often, and some of them aren't very good. So it's a pitch that maybe can help him steal a strike in an O O count or you know two O. He can flip it in there and steal a strike when they're sitting fastball. Uh, so it's just another pitch to put in the back of the mind of the hitters, but unless he's going to start throwing it, uh, you know, for multiple starts here, if, if you're an offense going up against Robbie Ray, you should just disregard the pitch um, until he proves that he's willing to do it uh, and throw it over and over and throw it for strikes. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just more of like, Hey, I'm just going to flip this up here 
it's a good day to work on some stuff. It's, it's, uh, you know, a good way to try and steal a strike here and there, uh, change the eye levels a little bit. Um, mm. you know, the fastball and slider are tunneled pretty well. The slide, the curveball is going to be a little bit different. Um, so I think it just, I think it's just a, a pitch that he used to keep guys off of the, off of the fastballs a little bit yesterday. I think it's just a tempo changer more or less, but, uh, mm. Yeah, it was interesting to see how la- yesterday he was mostly four seam slider, his bread and butter. Um, he still threw mm-hmm. the the two seam plenty uh, that it was noticeable, but he really went back to the four, to the four seam slider after his last two starts, where he was pretty two seam heavy. So, um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting like blip in the radar, but until we see anything with more regularity. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's just that it's a blip in the radar. Mm-hmm. So he uh, generated six swings with it. There was one whiff uh, and then four called strikes. So it was a pretty effective pitch for him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we'll see if it's uh, actually something that's uh, going to be become a more featured part of his repertoire. But for now, uh, you know, it, it is kind of interesting that he didn't throw the, uh, sinker the the two seam fastball as much in this game, which because you know since June six when he started when he first introduced the pitch when he reintroduced the pitch, that's been his most used pitch up to this point. One hundred and forty one um, pitches uh, of the uh, sinker uh, to one hundred and twenty six sliders and one hundred and one four seam fastballs. Uh, do you think that's just kind of a a matchup thing uh, more than anything? Um, yes, I'll say it's tough because Oakland is, is such a bad offense. Um, and even the Anaheim start, it was basically Mike Trout and a bunch of scrubs. So yeah, it's a little tough to know, um, you know, how he's going to go in there and attack on a day on a game by game basis, but maybe that's the actual design, the actual intent uh, of Robbie Ray is, you know, for the last three, four or five years, he's basically been fastball slider, um, with very little to offer. And now he's, he's thrown in the two seamer this last start. He starts flipping in some curveballs. Um, maybe it's just about every couple of starts, just kind of making a tweak, making a change here and there, uh, to be less predictable overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is, I mean, it's working. The guy allowed two earned runs in his last 20 innings pitched, uh, also 20 strikeouts and just four walks. Uh, he's been very, very good his last, mm. uh, well, his last three times out. And, and, you know, Robbie, he had a, he had a stretch there where it was, it was going bad, but, um, you know, for the most part, it appears that he's figured out how to work around the one bad inning thing that used to, that, well, I don't want to say used to, it was still might, but mm. the one bad anything that kind of plagued him, uh, through most of the month of May. Uh, he's avoided that and, and really hasn't gotten all that close to it. Um, you know, like I said, over his last 20, 20 innings pitch, he's allowed 10 hits and two walks. Mm-hmm. So there's not been a ton of traffic. Uh, only one game with like an absurd strikeout amount too. So mm-hmm. those are still kind of down a little bit uh, overall uh, mm-hmm. for what we know Robbie Ray to be. But the results have been very, very good the last uh, last three times out. And you know, if, if he's going to strike out a few less guys, but he's going to continue to go six, seven innings, give up one, two runs, it, it doesn't matter how many strikeouts he gets. Well, and, and most importantly there, uh, no home runs allowed mm-hmm. over his last 20 innings of work. 
uh, or well, 23 innings of work if you want to go back to the Astros start as well. Um, and then 50% ground ball rate. That's really important because, I mean, the thing that a lot of people forget here is that when he was with Arizona, he was kind of a ground ball heavy pitcher. He was uh, above league average in ground ball rate uh, from 2015 to 2017. And so keeping the ball on the ground is going to be especially important for him when you consider his home run struggles. And his home run struggles ha- have lasted throughout his entire career. This isn't something new for him right. either. Like even b- going back to that same time period, the 2015 to 2017, he was above league average in home run to fly ball rate. He was 13% yeah, in that. So his, his home run to fly ball rate right now uh, would be the second lowest in his career at 13.7. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, when you throw hard and, and you don't have great command, uh, you know, you're going to leave pitches in the middle of the plate and you're going to strike guys out on pitches like that, but you're also going to give up hard contact. And Robbie Ray's always been a guy who gives up a lot of hard contact. And obviously hard contact in the air typically equals bad things. Mm-hmm. So if Robbie Ray's not going to get, you know, be God tier on the strikeouts, then he needs to get better at the ground ball rate. And he is. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to be looking at the draft again. That's coming up in about three weeks here. So we're we're going to ramp up our coverage of that a little bit more here on the on the uh, Lockdown Mariners podcast. But first, a reminder: this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style and blue niles bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring and each ring will be a one of a kind looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing well blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget so make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and lockdown mariners listeners get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 dollars or more and this podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well use promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to blue today this episode of locked on mariners is also brought to you by bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's nhl playoffs and major league baseball bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online is where the game starts you're listening to locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day let's get into the draft here because that's coming up pretty quick Colby, you got a couple more names that you want to talk talk about, so the floor is yours. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we focused a lot recently on on the bats in this class, um, and there's a reason for that. It's not a particularly good draft class, at least for college pitching. Even some of the bigger names uh, have some major issues, uh, like Kumar Rocker, who didn't sign last year because of a, a bad shoulder uh, issue. And, and uh, there's also some concerns uh, surrounding rocker about control and command and the slider and conditioning. It, it, there's, 
there are some issues here with Kumar Rocker, and he's probably one of the six or seven best arms in this class. Um, so yeah, there there are some legitimate reasons for concern, um, not only on Rocker but on getting a college pitcher at this at this point of the draft that you're going to be terribly excited about. But you know the Mariners are. I mean, I think if they're good at anything, it's they're good at identifying college pitching and who they can help. And there are a few guys out there that, that could help. I don't see them drafting a, a prep arm. It's the one place they've never gone before, at least not in the first round. Um, it just seems unlikely. There's a lot of risk with a, call, with a prep arm. Um, and their ETA is usually five, six years away, and mm-hmm. with the, a few exceptions. So uh, when it comes to college arms, things get a little bit tricky. All these guys have a bit more leverage than they used to because they have an extra year of eligibility. Um because of the COVID season. So you're going to have to pay these guys. It's, it's very unlikely that you're going to get any of these guys for under slot. So if you're hoping the, the Mariners try a little slot bonus manipulation to maybe get uh, a, you know, first round talent in the second round or something like that, I probably not going to be with these guys. So uh, we'll start at the top. Uh, one of my personal favorites here, uh, Gabriel Hughes of Gonzaga, uh, six foot four, two twenty. You know, mid nineties fastball, really good slider. Changeup is average to fringe average. Uh, throw strikes doesn't have amazing command, but he will fill up the strike zone. Um, it's like I said, it's it's probably 50, 45, 50 great command on the off speed, um, maybe fifty on the fastball. Uh, so he is a guy who he's going to go in the first round. He's going to go right around. Well because of the weak pitching class, it's possible he jumps into the top 15. I have a hard time seeing him jump into the top 10, but it's fastball slider change up average control, uh, maybe average command right around there. Uh, but, uh, he's, he's good arm, you know, like I said, he's six foot four, good size, good build, uh, pretty good athlete, nine, uh, 94 to 97. Um, and the slider is the pitch that if it becomes plus, he could be a, you know, number uh, high in number three, low in number two. Um, if the slider is average, then he might only be a, a number four. Uh, but it's it's a it's a profile that you like, and it's one that the Mariners are pretty familiar with. Um, maybe my, uh, Justin Campbell. We've talked about six foot seven, fastball extension, uh, very Logan Gilbert esque, um, just in terms of size and, and value out of the fastball. And honestly, you know, strike throwing ability and, and where the off-speed stuff is, Campbell is a very easy comp to, to draw to Logan Gilbert. And we know how well Logan Gilbert worked out uh, or is working out right now for the Mariners. Um, two names that I'm, I'm pretty interested in. I don't know what round they're going to go. It, I, I think they're going to go late first. So I think both of these guys should be available. Uh, Jonathan Cannon, he's a right-handed pitcher from Georgia. He was actually, you know, getting serious draft buzz last year. Uh, didn't get drafted, kind of announced he was going back to school. Uh, but Cannon, here's why I'm, I'm kind of interested in Jonathan Cannon. Uh, six foot six, only 213, so there is room to add some, some strength there. But he started throwing a cutter this year, and we know how the Mariners feel about cutters, and he's got a good one. It's his best pitch. Um, but he throws a ton of strikes. It's probably above average command plus control uh, fastball in the low nineties, but he has touched 96 and it is, it, it is heavy. Uh, it gets a lot of sync, gets a lot of run. Um, 
So you kind of have this like running fastball and then a cutter uh, that moves in opposite directions. Uh, both of them should be above average pitches. And then the slider and the changeup are kind of, eh, they're, they're fringe average, but he's a big guy, throws a lot of strikes. There's extra velocity in the arm if, if you can get to it. And the cutter is already a, a above average major league pitch. Very high floor um, if that's what you're interested in. And then one more guy, since we found somebody who's kind of similar to Logan Gilbert, I was thinking maybe we could find somebody a little George Kirby-ish. Uh, Thomas Harrington from Campbell. Um, Stuff-wise, it's n- nothing electric. It's it's a good fastball. Uh, it's a good slider. The changeup probably is best pitch. Uh, some will say it's the, the slider, but it's it, they're both probably about 55s. Uh, he throws a ton of strikes. He's six foot two, one eighty five. He can get bigger, he can get stronger, but it's still a pretty good frame. Um, it's a very easy delivery. He throws a ton of strikes. There's really no concern that he's going to have issue finding the strike zone. Um, it's he's he's draft eligible sophomore, so you might have to go a little bit over slot to get him to sign. But twenty twenty one, that's probably the ceiling for him in any draft year, um, because. You know, kind of like George Kirby, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to look at this guy and say, oh, well, he's a potential number number two. Uh, but the stuff and the strike zone and the domination of the strike zone, he's going to be very interesting to the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there are some George Kirby parallels there. So uh, I would I would I I don't think Thomas Harrington is going to get drafted by the Mariners. I think that they probably this is just a gut feeling. I think they probably prefer Justin Campbell if they were going to mm-hmm. go pitcher. Uh, yeah. But I would watch Harrington. He certainly, you know, has a lot more upside than I think people are realizing. Well, it seems like he fits in well with the philosophy too, yeah. right? So uh, yeah. that would that would make a lot of sense. Um, is it possible that that maybe he goes before they pick, or, or is what kind of uh, range are, are we thinking on Harrington? On Harrington, yeah. Um, you see, this is the time of year where. Uh, we're starting to hear like specific teams being linked to specific players. Yeah. Whereas in the past, it's been more about like, Hey, well, this is probably about the range you should go in. And this is a guy who X team has liked in the past. Um, if, if to me, my, my understanding of Thomas Harrington's value uh, on draft boards is that he's probably going to go uh, and keep in mind how big at the draft, <laughs> how big, you know, the circle is uh, he's going to go somewhere in the top. If he, if he is willing to sign, he's going to go somewhere in the top mm-hmm. 40. It might be closer to the low, to the low 30. So 31, 32, 33, uh, mm-hmm. but 21 is not a, not a stretch for him at any, at uh, in any case. And, and I think he might be, I, I have a hard time imagining he, he goes significantly above the Mariners. Like I don't think he's a top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless somebody really wants to try and save money, uh, which is also you know a factor that you have to take mm-hmm. into account here. Um, but I, I think he's probably. With him? I don't think so because he's a sophomore. Um, yeah. But it's definitely possible, and honestly, I there's a there's a chance, an outside chance that maybe Harrington says I'll only sign for two point six million dollars, and that would mm-hmm. take him to the bottom of the first round. Maybe Seattle says we'll give you two point eight, and Harrington becomes their pick at at fifty five. I want to say mm. possible, not likely, not likely at all, but possible. Uh, I think it's more likely that Harrington would fall to the Mariners in the second, 
than it is that a team would take Harrington in the top 10 unless they're saving money. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. The major league draft is, is difficult that way. Major league baseball draft because the bonus pools throw everything through a loop. Oh, it's an incredibly convoluted and complicated yeah. system that, you know, it's, it's no wonder why uh, a lot of uh, casual fans just don't pay attention to it whatsoever. It's hard. And, <laughs> and that's why we're, we're talking about it on here. So you kind of, help uh pull that that curtain away a little bit and just kind of uh simplify it for you guys as, as much as possible but it is a pretty convoluted system we're going to be uh talking about the mariners upcoming series with the angels in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by linkedin as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business linkedin jobs makes it easier to grow your team and linkedin jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free create a free job post and Minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of, of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the last time the Mariners faced this Angels team, uh did not go great. <laughs> and it was uh not that long ago either. Uh, but now they're going down to Anaheim for the first time this season, and it's on a weekend. And Colby, you know how I feel about Sunday afternoon games in Anaheim. Uh, sure. So a uh, lot, lot of nervous energy here after the Mariners uh, got a much-needed sweep over the A's. And uh, they're probably, if I had to bet, they're they're going to be heading into the series without Ty France in any of these games, uh, even if France is able to make it back relatively uh, quick. Uh, so uh, this is a... Uh, Tall task for the Mariners, to say the least. They're also not going to have Robbie Ray in this series since he pitched yesterday. Uh, so not a lot of things. Uh, leaning Mariners uh, heading into the series, though one good thing is they're not going to see Shohei Otani as a pitcher. So that's good, at least. But, hey, you know, this is also a team that got shut out by the uh, the Angels. What was it, two times, three times? I, I don't even know. It was a lot that they got shut out by this team uh, last week. And uh, against guys that are not named Otani either. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes for the Mariners. Uh, but, you know, now that they've gotten this the, the sweep, they are guaranteed to be 500 exiting this road trip. And, and we talked about it on... Um, what was it, Tuesday's episode, I believe, that they, you know, history suggests that they needed to at least go 500 on this road trip to stay relevant in uh, the, the postseason race whatsoever to at least keep their postseason hopes alive in some fashion. So now that we've established that, I mean, uh, how many games do you think uh, they, they need to come out of this series with before they head back home? They got to find a way to win it. Um, mm. You know, it's it's unfortunate that you're in that situation but you are um and again unless the team like at, at least the team is they got the sweep right which i mean yeah i don't know how but they did all right thank <laughs> you very much aj puck um but 
Uh, they got the sweep, so it's not a disaster if they win one of two. They go four and two. They stay on their their winning percentage that they need. But again, mm-hmm. unless you believe that they're going to take, they're going to split the series with the uh, the Padres, and then take three or four from the Blue Jays. You can't really afford to lose series, so you, you have to win this series uh, unless, again, unless you have, unless you pull a an seven eight nine game winning streak out of your back pocket, which, let's be honest. Um, not happening. So uh, they got to find a way to win two of these games, especially when you're not facing Otani. Um, you know, if Sandoval was very good against you last time. You get to face him again. Uh, Lorenzen was not good. You have to take advantage of that. Um, I guess the unfortunate thing is, is that Robbie Ray will not be starting uh, in this series, but Logan Gilbert is. So mm-hmm. there you go. And let's, let's make this easy on Scott's service. Um, can Mike Trout give his team the lead or tie the game with one swing of a bat? Then do not pitch to him. How about that? Let's let's just keep it nice and simple. Um, and Would you bury Bonds him like, at this point? Like intentionally like, walk him with the bases loaded? Yeah. Would you bury Bonds him at this point? Yeah, probably. <laughs> because here's like I know people are like, oh, well, what, would you rather face Shohei Otani? Yes. A million times yes. Yeah. Like that's not even like that's the dumbest counter argument I've ever heard. Would you rather? You mean the guy who doesn't hit me at all? Like, same yeah, that's with the that's the thing with Joe Otani. Yeah, that's the thing with Otani, right? Like, no denying that he's an incredible baseball player, one of the greatest baseball players in, in today's game, one of the greatest yeah. baseball players probably to ever live. Yeah, but against the Mariners, uh, he's yeah. been just kind of mid, honestly. Like, he's just kind of he's he's kind of average. Also, yeah, by the way, we, we need to stop pretending that Shohei Otani has been like. Joe Aton has been very good. Don't get me wrong. But last yeah. year, remember the incredible first half he had at the play? Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of mediocre the second and the same guy for a full year now. And was good, it is not Mike Trout. So yeah. your counter argument of the whole, uh, not yours, but like, would yeah. you rather face Otani than not really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 100% yes. And I know Otani could do damage against me. He will. But the answer is yes. It's it's not close. Like yeah. Otani yeah. has just been over his last 365 yes. <laughs> days. Yeah, it's it's like mm. low brain. Over his last uh, 365 days, show Otani sitting 255, 365, 524. Guy, mm. then Mike Trout. It's not close. Not close. So if that, mm. that's your counter yep. argument, when I complain this week and that's Mike Trout, just save it. Just because it, it doesn't yep. carry any water with me. In the Mariners will not have Otani uh, dominator, uh, uh, Justice Sheffield on the right. So, yeah, we'll see. That is unfortunate. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, but uh, the answer Cle- is clearly Ryan Baraki is the Ryan Baraki is the answer. He he is the new Otani killer. Clearly. <laughs> because yes, of handedness, by the way, Colby. Scott Service's favorite thing. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. The only thing that matters is that he can throw a baseball towards home plate left-handed. Doesn't matter how good it is. Um, by the way, in case you guys are wondering, and I know you are, uh, Shohei mm-hmm. Otani has played the Mariners. Uh, second most, like he has the second most career games played in his career is against the Seattle Mariners. Right. Hmm. Yeah. The Mariners have held him to a 209, 315, 443 slash line. 
which is still pretty That's good. Really good. Like, think of think of the Mariners added a bat that was hitting 209, 315, 443. We'd all be like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah. So it's I'm nice. not saying it's I'm not saying it's bad, but do yeah. I need to pull up Mike Trout's numbers against the Mariners to compare? Uh. Do I? I don't think I do. So um let's let's that man that man has 33 home runs in 88 games at t-mobile park 88 games he's like 15th all time in that park's history like he's ahead of like prominent mariners figures like think of the think of the games that mike trout has missed last year he missed basically the entire season i don't know if he played more than three games at t-mobile and he's still like like mike trout at t-mobile might be the best player I've ever seen. I mean, shoot, dude. Like, he, like specifically, and I mean, Trout might be anyways. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's different, man. At T-Mobile, it's different. Um, but we'll see. You know, I, I obviously, you know what? Like, you don't need to walk Trout in the first inning. That's not what I'm saying. But there are obvious yeah, no. times, and we all saw it, where it's like, hey, we're only down two to nothing. And we have two outs here in the seventh. So Mike Trout's up. What do we do? Walk him. I score three. You might mm-hmm. not score four. Mm-hmm. So, so walk him. It's it's incredibly simple. With button for punishment, uh, Mike in his career against the Mariners in just over seventy one games, so just barely over a full season, fifty home runs, a hundred thirty RBI, three twenty five, four. 28 680 the dude is literally buried it hurts it hurts it hurts so it hurts (laughs) don't pitch to him after the fifth inning period yeah i'll co-sign that i'll co-sign that uh and with that that's going to do it for our show uh i i the internet is also letting us know that it is time to wrap up we're we're experiencing some technical difficulties again because of course uh but thank you so much for joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast for colby patnode i'm tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow inside the mariners at inside mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez that's d-a-n-e g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball weekend and we'll see you on monday peace